Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, we are back, and guess who's in studio? If you're smart enough to have getting Fox Nation uh, with me in studio is Dr. Drew. Uh, Dr. Drew is one of the few people who arrives and immediately goes right on air. Can you hear? Do we have it? I can't hear it. But how about uh, how about this, Dr. Drew? How about this yeah, one? How about do your comparable? No, there's your dial right there by your right hand. There we go. There, go. there we go. There Thank you. Go. you. Whoever was in here before didn't want to hear his, his or her own voice. Uh, that was Ennis Cantor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have very little in common with him. He's a lot taller. He is a lot taller. So I'll walk out of here. And he played nine years in the NBA, but they don't want to put him uh, put him in the NBA because he doesn't think China should be torturing Uyghurs. Oh, uh, and imagine also, that. Yeah, he also doesn't think that we should be doing business with China. Well. And uh, Turkey wants to kill him. They put a $500,000. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, I, guess, I guess a bounty on his head. What's he going to do? He's going to stay here. The FBI is kind of looking after him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you think we have problems. I thought, we, I thought cancellation was bad. So you have, something, um, you have something on your mind you want to say. I, I was thinking this morning, uh, you know, early on in the pandemic, uh, I just, you know, I have a long history with Dr. Fauci through the H- HIV and AIDS epidemic. I was a resident through that. I, early in my practice, all I did was, well, a lot of what I did was AIDS, HIV and AIDS, did a lot of it. And Dr. Fauci was a great leader during that pandemic, epidemic. Uh, I just thought I leaned on him. I relied on him. He just guided us beautifully, I thought, at the time. Now, there are vestiges or, or things that I see now that became more problematic in the current moment, things like using fear to try to cow people into the behaviors he wanted. That ran out of control most recently. But I still thought early in the pandemic, just listen to this guy. He knows what he's doing. He'll get us through this. Well, not so much. And I wanted to point out to you something, because I know you're a, you're a fan of history. Even though Gutfeld busts your chops all the time about everything you do, I'm with you on hist- studying history. That's it. Lest you repeat it. The rest it. is with uh, Gutfeld. <laughs> lest you repeat it. He seems not interested at all, by Ooh. the way. But uh, I, I, I was thinking about his statement this morning, I am science. Right? Remember that? Where he goes, mm-hmm. if you criticize me, you criticize yeah. science. And I thought that should have been a much more disturbing and and headliney sort of a phenomenon when he said that. I know a lot of people sort of talked about it. it was, but I thought – We well, did. Well, I, but I thought th- – think about this. Where in history have you seen people uh, – a human say something like that? Like I am the fill in the blank. Well, the Roi Soleil, the, 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 the Sun King, Louis XIV, l'état c'est moi. I am the state. And that, if you you know, if you were a student of history, that was considered one of the most grandiose, bizarre, dictator-like statements in history. And now here we are having a government bureaucrat essentially saying the same thing. And we, you know, we don't like it, but we don't eh, move on. It was it's profound that somebody could say that in this day. One of his goals, he says, my dream was always to, if there was a disease, I'd be being not be able to be the only one. To solve the disease and save humanity. Well, good for him. Uh, however, he didn't. no, I know. But here's the problem: uh, the, I, I've realized that the the opioid epidemic followed the COVID epidemic line and verse, in the sense that the reason we had an opioid epidemic was because of evangelical physicians. 
That's what started it. People who reasonably were trying to help treat cancer pain became became evangelists over the course of about 10 years where they decided no human in America should ever experience any pain. And anyone who didn't use opiate was an opiophobe. And they got control of the regulatory agencies, the state licensing boards, the professional organizations, and they started doing exactly what happened with COVID, silencing and sanctioning anybody who dared to speak back against pain is the fifth vital sign. And do you pain believe- controls whatever the patient says it is. And I lived through that and fought it. And I, about um, six months ago, I thought, God, this is familiar. Oh, it's line and verse. Same thing. We have evangelists with COVID, Burks, Fauci. And when you have evangelists that march off on their own, run everybody, physicians who become evangelists, eventually do harm. And, and, I, harm. and I believe they weren't prepared for the blowback in real time. They weren't prepared for the question cool. that they had. And they took sanctions. And now we know they're dealing what was going on with Twitter and this all full circle. Yeah. Stop this one. Squelch this one. Shadow ban that one. Yeah. And ridicule people that come out and threaten lawsuits to them. Yeah. Find ways to crush people that dare to say otherwise. And if you read Dr. Burks's book, she's unapologetic. She still thinks she was a hero for doing what she did. And they still can't see the incredible deleterious consequences of the overreach, the panic, the lockdowns. And, of course, it didn't happen in every state. But I live in a state, you live in a state where it was just, oh, my brutal. God, brutal. And the effects on hum- on the people, the, the citizens, just spectacular. And we have to look back and think about that and learn from it. We have to. Dr. Burks on television, we she used first two masks, and then she recommended goggles. Because we could get the disease through our eyes. So, no joke. Uh, That is so true. I'm getting flashbacks, Dr. Drew. Stick around. We're going to talk more about this uh, in the next hour. You listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move. Hey, folks. It's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering... What exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show from 48 and 6 in Midtown Manhattan. Heard around the country, around the world. 
Uh, so glad you're here. one 408 According to my rundown, Martha McCallum at the bottom of the hour. Uh, somebody almost as talented. Dr. Drew is with me right now. Not Pinsky, quite. Not quite. Uh, Board certified uh, internist. I did not see the certificate. This could, this could be. I can show them to you. I've got them all on my phone. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> of course. Okay. Uh, addiction specialist, also host of Ask Dr. Drew, the uh, Adam and Drew show, and you know, Dr. Drew After Dark. My, my wife would kill me if I didn't promote the show that she produces, which is a streaming show at 3 o'clock Pacific time, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and particularly on Wednesday, 3 o'clock Pacific. We have been interviewing with a friend of mine, Dr. Kelly Victory, who has some different ideas about early treatment and you know vaccines and things than I do, so it's good. We have different points of view, which... By the way, throughout my career, that was always a good thing. We call that interesting, refining our positions. Now that's called misinformation, but okay. Um, We have been interviewing all the professionals that have been silenced. And although from my perspective— You mean doctors have been silenced through the COVID-19? Names you've heard like Bhattacharya and McCullough and Malone, and and there's dozens of them. When you start realizing how deep it is and how profoundly— Dr. Atlas? Atlas and Alexander and Reich and it just goes on and on. These are some of the highest level, most decorated professionals in the country. These are the guys and gals that they chose to silence because they were such decorated and highly thought of professionals. Of course, they posed a threat, right, to the narrative that everybody wanted to tell. So from each of these people, while some of them, I think to myself as I'm interviewing, like, I don't necessarily agree with all this, uh, but from Every single one, there's at least one headline I walk away with and think, my God, I had no idea. And they're so right. What what drives me nuts about everything, I want to get into it because this was my huge passion because I never wanted to take a day off. I never got it. I'm a bit lucky. Never got it. Didn't take a day off from work. Wanted to come to the city. They said I couldn't. We come to the city. We had to go to separate studios and separate. So all that stuff. And I understand people getting seriously ill and people are dying. I'm not diminishing it. But the lack of humility into what they were saying, that was the whole approach. It's like, hey, guys, this is what I got. This is what I'm thinking. I've been doing this for 75 years. This is what I'm concluding. And right now we're going to – but never acknowledging when you got it wrong. Remember John Katsimatidis is interviewing Dr. Fauci. He says, is this going to be a problem here? He says, it's not going to be a problem here. It doesn't spread human to human growth. And then don't wear a mask. Give you a false sense of security. Wear a mask. Wear two masks. I told you. I wasn't kidding. Earlier, Dr. Burke said on the air to me, you might want to wear goggles because the virus can get through your eyes. And never acknowledging that they were wrong. That's the crazy thing. And missing really important things like when monoclonal antibodies were effective, how to use them, where to get them, how to reduce, how to manage this illness when you get it because we all will get it. It's inevitable. And remember Governor DeSantis saying, why am I having problems getting this? Oh, that was horrible. They were denying it to governors that were using it. He had mobile units going out. I thought, oh, my God, these guys are doing it right. I had a chance. One of the people I had the interview was Dr. Latipo, uh, the Surgeon General in Florida, what a great human being. Oh, my God. And I know my peers. I know when I'm talking to one <clears throat> that's well-trained and knows what the hell he's talking about. You can rely on that guy. And they're interesting, some tweets were going out about him recently where his superiors had concerns about him because he was upsetting everybody with his opinions. That went around the other day, like three days ago. And I looked at the date and I'm like, oh, that's 18 months ago. Turns out 85% of what he said was correct. 100% of what his superiors thought was wrong. So who, who's, who should we be listening to? You remember Dr. Fauci told Neil Cavuto about a month ago, I never said the lockdowns uh, to close schools. Oh, my God. Well, that's that's sort of true. Now, listen to this. He he led the 
mm, he led the notion of lockdown. Here's what call, killed me throughout the pandemic. No risk reward analysis. As a physician, every dis, every interaction I have, that's all I can think about is what's the risk reward here? I, my dad was an old family practitioner. and He always pounded on me the dangers of medication and treatment. You're going to hurt people. Do no harm. They seem to have no concern for that whatsoever. It was this weird safety uberalis sort of attitude and then vaccine uberalis and nothing else was contemplated. That is bizarre. That is not medicine. And so when he said – what was it he said again? He said um, – I specifically, I don't want to misquote him. No, what he said is I never recommend – Never misquote So I was doing a local Fox a local Fox affiliate news show, not Fox News, but a local Fox network show in Los Angeles. And a school board member came on after our governor shut the place down. And he sat down and he went, well, we're going to shut the schools. And I said, look – who told you to do that? Did you hire a consultant? Did you talk to a doctor, somebody who has infectious disease training? No. It's the right thing to do. And then in terms of getting them opened again, they didn't listen Took to forever. Any, oh, they didn't listen to anybody. I had a school board uh, member in there. Actually, yeah, it was a school board, not a union member. Maybe it was a union. I think it was a school board member. Oh, gosh, it might have been a union person. And I was telling her, I was saying, look, okay, you want all these things. You want you know, safety measures and plexiglass. All, stuff. all right, let's assume you need that and let's get it. Let's get it. Let's do it. Let's do it tomorrow. What's the delay? You're a sexist for saying that. Sexist for saying I'm going to get you what you're asking for so we can get schools open. The story I always tell people is uh, – I mean that's real. Yes. I say this all the time. By, by the way, think about what happened when Ukraine got invaded. The reporters met the women fleeing at the border with Poland with their kids, and they put microphones in their faces. And every woman – I say this all the time on my streaming show – every woman they spoke to said the same thing, which was, this is terrible. The men are left behind. My sons, my, my husband, this is awful. But these kids have been out of school for two weeks. Two weeks. We have to get them back in school. It's been two weeks. Put them in a school where they didn't even speak the language because of – the notion of children being out of school more than two weeks was anathema. Um, we did it for two years in Los Angeles. Well, right. Uh, oh, yeah. And it, and it kept shutting it down here. And the fact is then you bring in politics to it. Yeah. And they bring in the, the teachers unions. Yeah. And it turns out the teachers didn't want to do it. The union – some of did want to go back. The teachers unions were in control. The yeah. teachers unions make the call to their uh, – the, the people they put in power, the Democrats. And that's why the president never sat up there and said, I want all those schools open mm-hmm. like the previous president. Mm-hmm. He said, we're going to shut it down for two weeks. Then we're going to get it open up again. Couldn't get it open up again. Mm-hmm. People aren't listening to him. Mm-hmm. You're trying to kill people. Why are you doing that? Killing the teachers, teachers are in danger. The kids will kill the teachers. In New York Times article yesterday, mask mandates don't work. Have we learned anything? New York Times. It's amazing. The New York Times aired that, that opinion piece. And I thought, oh, this is Brett good. Stevens. This is changing. This is excellent. But the reality is we were in mask mandates a year ago, you all recall. Level of COVID is about the same now as it was a year ago. What, are we all dying of COVID right now? Should we have been in mandates a year ago? Let, let, let us look at it carefully and let's learn about this. Let's not – I don't want people being condemned or going to jail. I just want us to look at this like – Look, when we when we do medicine, we do postmortems, we do morbidity mortality reports. We check we check ourselves and what we've done to try to learn something where we made mistakes. We have to do that here. But it's, I do think that I'm not saying I want people to go to jail, but I do think it's worth it to go through Twitter and find out who's making the calls to find out what who did that to Dr. Bacciara. Well, who the, did that to Dr. Oh, yeah. Atlas? Oh yeah. Who, who sidelined these people in shadow band? I, I, I agree. Denied? And the fact that the world, the United States citizenship, is not m- mortified. 
by our government behaving as such. And to be fair, there's evidence the Trump government did the same thing. I mean, the, just the fact that really what I have learned through the pandemic, amongst many, many things, is that we have an ossified bureaucracy and the bureaucrats are much more in charge than our elected officials. And that should alarm everybody. Um, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. But you're bringing back uh, something else, which I think it plays into what's happening in uh, East Palestine. Mm. So you have a bunch of people walking around saying, "I don't believe." Even though the EPA shows up and says the air's fine and the water's okay, they're going, "I don't believe that." Why would I believe that? And then other parents say, "I'm not having my kid play against the East Palestine high school team. They're not going to that gym." Well, the air quality's clean. The EPA was just here. Look at the meter. I don't believe that meter. I don't believe that the soil's okay. I don't believe that that to blow up that train in that in that uh, uh, that planned explosion, so it sh- so it wouldn't explode on its own and send shrapnel through the town. I don't think that was a good move. There's so much doubt everywhere, and I think it goes back to this. Is it is it a good idea? Is that a good thing that there's doubt? I think it's good to be. I yeah, think it's I good too. to be skeptical. I do too. You were talking to your last guest uh, about uh, the. Dis- but, but can I just stop this? Yeah. I think it's good to be skeptical. Yeah. But. There's a way to be skeptical and not live your life in in the fetal position. Right. And Panic. Oh, there's a little bit of a risk. Oh, I'm not going to do it. Well, you're teaching your nine-year-old maybe the wrong thing. Oh, no. Don't go to East Palestine. Don't go play basketball. Okay, those kids have been playing all day and they've been in school. Well, we're not going to go. It's too much of a risk. No. Those are the same kids who got shut down at seven years old and had to sit on a laptop and not pay attention. It, there are words I come out of my mouth all the time now that I had no idea at this point in my life I'd be saying. And one of those words is courage. It is time for courage. Stand up and do things. Live. Courage. Yeah. What happened to us? Courage was a virtue. Now virtue is sheltering in place, safety, uberalis. Uh, you got, that's sort of disgusting. No. Stand up. Live your life. Be courageous. Fight for what you know to be right. Be skeptical. But you're going to have to find authorities that you can trust. And that's going to be hard for people because it's been very confusing. I'm having trouble with even the medical literature, the way it's been edited lately, makes me concerned about what's being published. It's going to take a while for this all to settle down. It's difficult. But your your last guest, we were talking about the way, I guess, was uh, Soviets manipulated the press or something. You were talking about propaganda yeah. in communist countries. And just to call this back, and you also you made light of it and said, oh, in this country we would never have any propaganda, right? I think it was you that said that. I have a memory I, that I can't get out of my head. In the 1970s, I watched a 60-minute style interview of a Soviet journalist. It's weird that this sticks with me so vividly. And the, 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 the 60 Minutes interviewer was hammering this guy. How can you be part of a press that's controlled by the state, that's manipulated by the state? He finally looked him in the eye. The, the Soviet journalist looked the guy in the eye and said, hey, our journalism, our press is a political instrument. In yours, it's a commercial instrument. Trust me, you will have distortions as profound as ours coming. It's an interesting statement. Yeah. It's not inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, I just do understand, too – it's amazing the misperceptions that people have. I mean, for example, I, I was listening to the translation of Vladimir Putin's speech live on Bloomberg in yeah. the morning yeah. because you won't get up at four in the morning. I was going to call you and tell you to watch. But we, just saying that— You left me out? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, it won't happen again. Normally we do it together. I know. I'm like, but I, I got voicemail. So I just—so <laughs> I decided not to. But literally four in the morning he's speaking and he says that everybody knows— Ukraine started this war and their goal is to take over Russia. Our utter def- uh, the other future of our country is in the balance and we're going to denazify. And I'm saying to myself, these are well-educated people sitting there. How many believe it? And most don't have another point of view. How could that possibly be the case? I'm also remember Vladimir Putin coming over here telling George W. Bush we didn't think he was evil as he is. Uh, 
Bruce saying, you know, you got to open up your press. You got to give people a chance to ask questions. He goes, well, what? He goes, what about you? You had that news anchor fired. He goes, what are you talking about? Dan Rather, you had him fired. Mm -hmm. I didn't have him fired. There was a story that didn't pan out, and they got rid of him at CBS. He goes, no, you had him fired. He goes, I can't get anybody fired. So the misperception of of educated people from other countries about the reality is is really – it's an educational tool. What else are you – Confused about about America. Do you really think we want to take over Russia? That we are actually have aggressive goals when it comes to you guys. I, I I'm sure people that are trying to penetrate our culture and our thinking are more confused these days. Yeah, because I, I sure am. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> so. what Marjorie Taylor Greene said the other day was so so irresponsible. She says it's time for a divorce. It's time for a national divorce. Amongst the states? Amongst the states. Now, Michael Malice maintains that position. And uh, somebody else just said it to me the other day that the, the federalism is not sufficiently strong to hold it all together. Why can't we do what Thomas Jefferson suggested, which was allow the states to function and flourish? And we have certain constrained federalist more. Right. Per, what, people have forgotten what the constitutional – what the constitution is. It's a document to form – a more perfect union amongst the states. The perfect union is out of whack. Let's get the perfect union back in alignment again, not destroy the whole thing. And it's got to be their goal. It's got to be the goal. goal. If you're a lawmaker and you're saying my, my suggestion is a divorce, I don't think you're doing your job, personally. I agree. I agree. All right. Wow. Dr. True agrees with me. I know. It's hard. You are nice. I know. Uh, Greg's going to kill me. All right. Listen, uh, uh, you're sticking around, right? Sure, One more second. Yeah, absolutely. Back in a moment, Dr. Drew's going to stay here, and in the break, he's going to tell me how psychologically... Perfect I am, mm, I maybe, think. Maybe, Back in a moment. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When are you going to go to East Palestine? Well, I am planning to go, and uh, our folks were on the ground from the first hours. I do want to stress that the NTSB needs to be able to do its work independently. But when I go, the focus is going to be on action. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. We remember that tidal wave that hit South Bend. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot uh, of disasters. Right? And remember the hurricane <laughs> and the earthquake. The earthquake, yeah, yeah, remember that. A lot yeah, of disasters. You know, like, the story is that they couldn't even fill the potholes, that Domino's Pizza ended up sponsoring the filling of potholes in South Bend. Mm. How do you explain a guy that gets a job that all he has to do is show up a lot of times? You didn't expect him to be. Well, he didn't and he will show not up. show up. He's not showing up. Yeah, I... You know what's odd to me? It's, he's from uh, – he got an Oxford degree. I know. He's a smart guy. And and people in the – well, the present administration don't seem to understand psychology, I guess, like optics, like what people need, what leadership is maybe. Communication. Yeah. And, and just the basic show up, make people feel better. That's part of the job. I'm here. I'm doing the job. I got it. Even if you don't. But I think you know, letting people kind of see you in action – I, 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 have we lost that leadership ability? I, it's such an odd thing to me. So if you aspire to be at highest office, if yeah. you're the vice president yeah. or you're Pete Buttigieg, you got everything you've got going for you. you got talent. You're good looking. Mm-hmm. You've, you've had a pretty good resume. you got to perform. 
You got to show up at the border. Well, you got to show up if the if, if air traffic gets grounded. It's weird that government is the last place where competition is uh, having an effect. You you see that businesses now finally the economy is coming to bear. Things are going to happen, and there'll be a lot of people losing their jobs. And, and reality of competition will just take take effect in government. We don't seem to be able to get people out. We don't seem to be able to elect new people. We don't seem to be able to get rid of the bureaucrats. It's why the government is so ossified and problematic. The competition right. is good. But here it is, his performance. Uh, whatever you think of Governor DeSantis, he won by 19 for a reason, not because more Democrats came uh, or, le- or left. It's because performance. Yeah. Governor Gavin Newsom's got a great opportunity. Yeah, but how did he get reelected? Newsom got reelected. How, how did he get reelected? It's a, to me, I w- I, it was breathtaking. I was like, <gasps> oh, my they God. They are still this. talking about him getting the Democratic nomination. And today's Politico, it looks like Biden's thinking twice about running again. It, it's so bizarre. You don't know how bad it is in California. You can't imagine. It's 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 people. I lived are there for four years. There was some homeless. When, but I hear it's out of control. Oh, it's it's. You've never seen anything like it. And and by the way, these are people that could be treated easily. I know how to treat this. This is what drives me so crazy about it. This is a population I used to dealt with for 35 Drugs. years. Drugs and, and major serious mental illness. No problem to treat these people. And many of them return them to a flourishing life. But you let them go too far, they will die and they will be irretrievable. And there we, we go every year we go up by another person per day dying on our streets. Now we're like at seven, eight per day dying. And when the meth deaths kick in, it's, you're going to see an exponential increase in deaths on the street. What do you mean? Meth, you know, fentanyl, everyone understands that you get exposed to fentanyl events, you're going to die. It's just opioid addiction is a progressive illness that ends in death. And particularly with fentanyl now, you can't judge what you're getting. You overdose in, a pro, in, a, in you know, in accidentally, you die. Uh, that's the, the natural history of opioid addiction. But meth addiction is different. You can go for long periods of time with meth and then late in the game, you start getting medical problems and die suddenly. You think Usually that's Oh, my goodness, yes. Absolutely. Dr. Drew, where do we get all your stuff? Well, be sure to go see that that uh, Wednesday at 3 o'clock show. That's my wife's crowning glory. It's uh, 3 o'clock, drdrew.tv, drdrew.com. Get it all there. It's called Ask Dr. Drew, and go go look at that. I think this audience would love that. We're Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 3 o'clock, but especially Thursday we do this COVID analysis. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.